Act Four of The Gamester by Edward Moore. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four Scene Beverly's Lodgings. Enter Mrs. Beverly, Charlotte, and Lucen. The smooth tongued hypocrite. But we have found him and will requite him to mrs beverley be cheerful madam and for the insults of this ruffian you shall have ample retribution but not by violence remember you have sworn it i had been silent else you need not doubt me i shall be cool as patience see him to-morrow then and why not now by heaven the veriest worm that crawls is made of braver spirit than this stukely yet for my promise i'll deal gently with him i mean to watch his looks from those and from his answers to my charge much may be learnt next i'll to bates and sift him to the bottom if i fail there the gang is numerous and for a bribe will each betray the other good night i'll lose no time exit these boisterous spirits how they wound me but reasoning is in vain come charlotte we'll to our usual watch the night grows late i am fearful of events yet pleased to-morrow may relieve us going scene two enter jarvis how now good jarvis i have heard ill news ma'am what news speak quickly men are not what they seem i fear me mr stukeley is dishonest we know it jarvis but what's your news that there's an action against my master at his friend's suit oh villain villain was this he threatened then run to that den of robbers wilson's your master may be there entreat him home good jarvis say i have business with him but tell him not of stukeley it may provoke him to revenge haste haste good jarvis exit jarvis this minister of hell oh i could tear him piecemeal i am sick of such a world yet heaven is just and in its own good time will hurl destruction on such monsters excellent scene three changes to stukeley's lodgings enter stukeley and bates meeting where have you been filling my time away playing my tricks like a tame monkey to entertain a woman no matter where i have been vexed and disappointed tell me of beverley how bore he his last shock like one so dawson says whose senses had been numbed by misery when all was lost he fixed his eyes upon the ground and stood some time with folded arms stupid and motionless then snatching his sword that hung against the wainscot he sat him down and with a look of fixed attention drew figures on the floor at last he started up looked wild and trembled and like a woman seized with her sex's fits 
laughed out loud while the tears trickled down his face so left the room ah this was madness the madness of despair we must confine him then a prison would do well a knocking at the door hark that knocking may be his go that way down exit bates who's there scene four enter lucin an enemy an open and avowed one why am i thus broken upon this house is mine sir and should protect me from insult and ill manners guilt has no place of sanctuary wherever found tis virtue's lawful game the fox's hold and tiger's den are no security against the hunter your business sir to tell you that i know you why this confusion that look of guilt and terror is beverly awake or has his wife told tales the man that dares like you should have a soul to justify his deeds and courage to confront accusers not with a coward's fear to shrink beneath reproof stukely aloud and in confusion who waits there by heaven he dies that interrupts us shutting the door you should have weighed your strength sir and then instead of climbing to high fortune the world had marked you for what you are a little paltry villain you think i fear you i know you fear me this is to prove it pulls him by the sleeve you wanted privacy a lady's presence took up your attention now we are alone sir why what a wretch flings him from him the vilest insect in creation will turn when trampled on yet has this thing undone a man by cunning and mean arts undone him but we have found you sir traced you through all your labyrinths if you would save yourself fall to confession no mercy will be shown else there's prove me what you think me till then your threatenings are in vain and for this insult vengeance may yet be mine infamous coward why take it now then draws and stukely retires alas i pity thee yet that a wretch like this should overcome a beverley it fills me with astonishment a wretch so mean of soul that even desperation cannot animate him to look upon an enemy you should not thus have swords sir unless like others of your black profession you had a sword to keep the fools in awe your villainy has ruined villainy twere best to curb this license for your tongue for no sir for there are laws this outrage on my reputation will not be borne with laws darst thou seek shelter from the laws those laws which thou and thy infernal crew live in the constant violation of talkest thou of reputation too when under friendship's sacred name thou hast betrayed robbed and destroyed i rail at gaming 
"'Tis a rich topic, and affords noble declamation. Thou, preach against it in the city. You'll find a congregation in every tavern. If they should laugh at you, fly to my lord and sermonize it there. He'll thank you and reform. And will example sanctify a vice? No, wretch. The custom of my lord, or of the sit that apes him, cannot excuse a breach of law or make the gamester's calling reputable rail on i say but is this zeal for beggared beverly is it for him that i am treated thus nah he and his might all have groaned in prison had but the sister's fortune escaped the wreck to have rewarded the disinterested love of honest mr lucen how i detest thee for the thought but thou art lost to every human feeling. Yet let me tell thee, and it may wring thy heart, that though my friend is ruined by thy snares, thou hast unknowingly been kind to me. Have I? It was indeed unknowingly. Thou hast assisted me in love, given me the merit that I wanted, since but for thee... My Charlotte had not known t'was her dear self I sighed for, and not her fortune. Thank me, and take her then. And as a brother to poor Beverly, I will pursue the robber that has seized him, and snatch him from his gripe. And no, imprudent man, he is within my gripe. And should my friendship for him be slandered once again, the hand that has supplied him shall fall and crush him. Why, now there's spirit in thee. This is indeed to be a villain. But I shall reach thee yet. Fly where thou wilt, my vengeance shall pursue thee. And Beverly shall yet be saved. Be saved from thee, thou monster nor owe his rescue to his wife's dishonour. Exit. Stukely, pausing. Then ruin has enclosed me. Curse on my coward heart. I would be bravely villainous, but tis my nature to shrink at danger, and he has found me. Yet fear brings caution, and that security. More mischief must be done to hide the past. Look to yourself, officious Lucen. There may be danger stirring. How now, Bates? Scene five. Enter Bates. What is the matter? Twas Lucen and not Beverly that left you. I heard him loud. You seem alarmed, too. Aye, and with reason. We are discovered. I feared as much, and therefore cautioned you. But you were peremptory. Thus fools talk ever, spending their idle breath on what is past, and trembling at the future. We must be active. Beverly, at worst, is but suspicious, but Lucen's genius, and his hate to me, will lay all open. Means must be found to stop him. What means? Dispatch him. Nay, start not. Desperate occasions call for desperate deeds. We live but by his death. You cannot mean it. I do, by heaven. Good night, then. Going. Stay. I must be heard, then answered. Perhaps the motion was too sudden. 
and human nature starts a murder, though strong necessity compels it. I have thought long of this, and my first feelings were like yours. A foolish conscience awed me, which soon I conquered. The man that would undo me, nature cries out, undo. Brates know their foes by instinct, and where superior force is given, they use it for destruction. Shall man do less? Loosen pursues us to our ruin. And shall we, with the means to crush him, fly from our hunter, or turn and tear him? Tis folly even to hesitate. He has obliged me, and I dare not. Why, live to shame, then, to beggary and punishment. You would be privy to the deed, yet want the soul to act it. Nay more, had my designs been levelled at his fortune, you had stepped in the foremost. And what is life without its comforts? Those you would rob him of, by lingering death, add cruelty to murder. Henceforth, adieu to half-made villains. There's danger in them. What you have got is yours. Keep it, and hide with it. I'll deal my future bounty to those who merit it. What's the reward? Equal division of our gains. I swear it, and will be just. Think of the means, then. He's gone to Beverley's. Wait for him in the street. Tis a dark night, and fit for mischief. A dagger would be useful. He sleeps no more. Consider the reward. When the deed's done, I have farther business of you. Send Dawson to me. Think it already done, and so farewell. Exit. Why, farewell, Lucen, then. And farewell to my fears. This night secures me. Await the event with him. Exit. Scene 6. Changes to the street. Stage darkened. Enter Beverly. How like an outcast do I wander, loaded with every curse that drives the soul to desperation. The midnight robber, as he walks his rounds, sees by the glimmering lamp my frantic looks and dreads to meet me. Whither am I going? My home lies there. All that is dear on earth it holds too. Yet are the gates of death more welcome to me. I'll enter it no more. Who passes there? Tis Lucen. He meets me in a gloomy hour, and memory tells me he has been meddling with my fame. Scene 7. Enter Lucen. Beverly, well met. I have been busy in your affairs. So I have heard, sir, and now must thank you for it. Tomorrow I may deserve your thanks. Late as it is, I go to Bates. Discoveries are making that an arch-villain trembles at. Discoveries are made, sir, that you shall tremble at. Where is this boasted spirit, this high demeanor that was to call me to account? You say I have wronged my sister. Now say as much. But first be ready for defense, as I am for resentment. Draws. What mean you? I understand you not. The coward's stale acquittance, who, when he spreads foul calumny abroad, and dreads just vengeance on him, cries out, What mean you? I understand you not. Coward? And calumny? Whence are these words? But I forgive and pity you your pity had been kinder to my fame 
but you have traduced it told a vile story to the public ear that i have wronged my sister tis false show me the man that dares accuse me i thought you brave and of a soul superior to low malice but i have found you and will have vengeance this is no place for argument nor shall it be for violence imprudent man who in revenge for fancied injuries would pierce the heart that loves him but honest friendship acts from itself unmoved by slander or ingratitude the life you thirst for shall be employed to serve you tis thus you would compound then first do a wrong beyond forgiveness and to redress it load me with kindness unsolicited i'll not receive it your zeal is trouble to me no matter it shall be useful it will not be accepted it must you know me not yes for the slanderer of my fame who under show of friendship arraigns me of injustice buzzing in every ear foul breach of trust and family dishonour have i done this who told you so the world tis talked of everywhere it pleased you to add threats too you were to call me to account why do it now then i shall be proud of such an arbiter put up your sword and know me better i never injured you the base suggestion comes from stukely i see him and his aims what aims i'll not conceal it twas stukely that accused you to rid him of an enemy perhaps of two he fears discovery and frames a tale of falsehood to ground revenge and murder on i must have proof of this wait till tomorrow then i will good night i go to serve you forget what's past as i do and cheer your family with smiles tomorrow may confirm them and make all happy exit beverly pausing how vile and how absurd is man his boasted honour is but another name for pride which easier bears the consciousness of guilt than the world's just reproofs but tis the fashion of the times and in defence of falsehood and false honour men die martyrs i knew not that my nature was so bad stands musing scene eight enter bates and jarvis this way the noise was and yonder's my poor master i heard him at high words with lucen the cause i know not i heard him too misfortunes vex him go to him and lead him home but he comes this way i'll not be seen by him exit beverley starting what fellow's that seeing jarvis art thou a murderer friend come lead the way i have a hand as mischievous as thine a heart as desperate too jarvis to bed old man the cold will chill thee why are you wandering at this late hour your sword drawn too for heaven's sake sheathe it sir the sight distracts me beverley 
wildly. Whose voice was that? Twas mine, sir. Let me entreat you to give the sword to me. Ay, take it. Quickly, take it. Perhaps I am not so cursed, but heaven may have sent thee at this moment to snatch me from perdition. Then I am blessed. Continue so, and leave me. My sorrows are contagious. No one is blessed that's near me. I came to seek you, sir. And now thou hast found me? Leave me. My thoughts are wild and will not be disturbed. Such thoughts are best disturbed. I tell thee that they will not. Who sent thee hither? My weeping mistress. Am I so meek a husband, then, that a commanding wife prescribes my hours, and sends to chide me for my absence? Tell her I'll not return. Those words would kill her. Kill her? Would they not be kind, then? But she shall live to curse me. I have deserved it of her. Does she not hate me, Jarvis? Alas, sir, forget your griefs, and let me lead you to her. The streets are dangerous. Be wise and leave me, then. The night's black horrors are suited to my thoughts. These stones shall be my resting place. Lies down. Here shall my soul brood o'er its miseries, till with the fiends of hell and guilty of the earth I start and tremble at the morning's light. For pity's sake, sir, upon my knees I beg you to quit this place and these sad thoughts. Let patience, not despair, possess you. Rise, I beseech you. There's not a moment of your absence that my poor mistress does not groan for. Have I undone her, and is she still so kind? Starting up. It is too much. My brain can't hold it. Oh, Jarvis, Jarvis, how desperate is that wretched state which only death or madness can relieve. Appease his mind, good heaven, and give him resignation. Alas, sir, could beings in the other world perceive the events of this, how would your parents' blessed spirits grieve for you, even in heaven? Let me conjure you by their honoured memories, by the sweet innocence of your yet helpless child, and by the ceaseless sorrows of my poor mistress, to rouse your manhood and struggle with these griefs thou virtuous good old man thy tears and thy entreaties have reached my heart through all its miseries oh had i listened to thy honest warnings no earthly blessing had been wanting to me i was so happy that even a wish for more that i possessed was arrogant presumption but i have warred against the power that blessed me and now am sentenced to the hell i merit be but resigned, sir, and happiness may yet be yours. Prithee, be honest, and do not flatter misery. I do not, sir. Hark, I hear voices. Come this way. We may reach home unnoticed. Well, lead me then. Unnoticed, didst thou say? Alas, I dread no looks but of those wretches I have made at home. 
exeunt scene nine changes to stukeley's enter stukeley and dawson come hither dawson my limbs are on the rack my soul shivers in me till this night's business be complete tell me thy thoughts is bates determined or does he waver at first he seemed irresolute wish the employment had been mine and muttered curses on his coward hand that trembled at the deed and did he leave you so no we walked together and sheltered by the darkness saw beverley and loosen in warm debate but soon they cooled and then i left them to hasten hither but not till twas resolved loosen should die thy words have given me life that quarrel too was fortunate for if my hopes deceive me not it promises a grave to beverley you misconceive me loosen and he were friends but my prolific brain shall make them enemies if loosen falls he falls by beverley an upright jury shall decree it ask me no questions but do as i direct this writ takes out a pocket-book for some days past i have treasured here till a convenient time called for its use that time is come gives a paper take it and give it to an officer it must be served this instant on beverley look at it tis for the sums that i have lent him must he to prison then i asked obedience not replies this night a jail must be his lodging tis probable he's not gone home yet wait at his door and see it executed upon a beggar he has no means of payment dull and insensible if lucen dies who was it killed him why he that was seen quarrelling with him and i that knew of beverley's intents arrested him in friendship a little late perhaps but twas a virtuous act and men will thank me for it now sir you understand me most perfectly and will about it haste then and when tis done come back and tell me till then farewell exit now tell thy tale fond wife and loosen if again thou canst insult me <laughs> i'll kneel and own thee for my master not avarice now but vengeance fires my breast and one short hour must make me cursed or blessed exit end of act four